here we are again for episode 181 of the DC Comics News Podcast. Welcome on and all. My name's Steve and I'm with the amazing, the wonderful, the inimitable Mr. Brad Finicky. How are you, brother? Hey, Steve. How are you? It's nice to have you back. Oh, I've been dying to come back. Yeah, um, what with moving home, moving office, and then the dreaded uh, co- summer cold attacking me as well. But I'm back. I'm fighting fresh. I should be in next week. Then obviously I'm away for a couple of weeks for my wedding anniversary. But hey, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about DC. Let's talk about all the good things that are happening, including starting with our movie news, news from the James Gunn corner of the universe, and news about Superman Legacy. Now, starting off with a very interesting article that seeds have been sown that show that his new cinematic universe already has heroes in it, even with the first Superman movie. I find this fascinating. I like this. What do you mean? I, yeah, I, I think this is interesting too, because I think that that gives you a lot of freedom for other storytelling, uh, more prequels and, you know, it, it, it measures in the story that it might include the authority. So I, I think we know at this point we're going to get an authority movie. So maybe that can take place before Superman arrives. It just gives, I think just gives a lot of, um, play with the with the timeline i think that can that could be fun uh you know moving forward uh and i think it, it probably fits into a bigger picture that james gunn has in mind when it comes to what's going to happen in this first round of movies so yeah it, it's it's interesting i think it'll be a lot of fun uh what about you once again great minds think alike. i thought the exact same as you having the authority there as an established group and having a history of superpowered creatures on the earth adds a whole extra layer of world building. It can add history, it can add depth, it can add texture to a universe rather than coming cold. And the way that, um, or basically every previous Superman movie has started is that Superman's the first, and as he was in the comics, but that does make it harder to then introduce peripheral characters and other um, scenarios. So I think it's a great idea. And the authority are fascinating because this is no Justice League. This is a darker, meaner, team of superpowered characters including midnight and apollo who are like uh, another worldly superman and batman of their own who are also a couple so fascinating i i'm really looking forward to how they're doing it and if it's going to be um based on the newer adventures with uh, the authority as part of the dc universe and uh, characters like uh, manchester black then yeah it could be really really interesting indeed so i'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. and uh, sticking with the man of steel we have one. We have a brand new Superman, a brand new Lois Lane, ripped off the page for as far as I can see. Um, this is great news, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great sign with the strike going on and everything. You know, it, it kind of leaves everything a little bit in limbo. So it's great to have news of this moving forward that we're going to get some casting. Dave Cornswell is uh, Clark Kent Superman, Rachel Brosnahan as Lois Lane. I think she's going to make a great... Lois Lane. I think she's got the look. Um, if you've seen uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I mean, she's perfect for the role. Uh, listening to, a, I think it was the Empire podcast, and somebody on the podcast said that um, Mrs. Maisel would be Lois Lane if she went into uh, journalism instead of stand-up comedy, and I thought that was that was pretty accurate. So I think she's going to do a, a great job. I I, uh, I think that was a great idea. And I'm, I'm not so familiar with uh, David Cornsweet's work, but I'm going to have to check that out now. Uh, and I think we discussed this too, that I think it's good that a relative unknown is taking the part of Superman because you don't want to associate Superman with anybody else except Clark Kent 
and Superman. And I, so I think that that's, um, that that's a, that's a good choice. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched to see what comes next. What about you? Exactly the same. She's a terrific actress and to have, I mean, that, um, quote, correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, they even said that before, long before she was cast as Lois Lane. So that character, that sass, that attitude, that rebellious streak is something that I think will be perfect. And both actors visually pretty spot on. Now, I saw when I saw the photos that they picked for all the news reports on the casting and what the way James Gunn's talking about a young Superman trying to find his heritage as both a human being and as a superpowered alien reeks of John Byrne's original Man of Steel. And if that's the way they're going with a bit of maybe Superman for all seasons thrown in, this movie is right up my street. I mean, did you get that kind of vibe from the reporters? Yeah. Well? And he, he, John Byrne's Man of Steel is, I think, my Timeless. favorite. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, at least on comics, Superman mm. ever. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with that as well. So you got that vibe too, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If and, that's the uh, way they're going. Yeah. And they didn't have to either because it would be much easier to appeal maybe to uh, a millennial uh, Superman classic story rather than a Gen X classic Superman story like you know that appeals to guys like you and me you know but um, I'm glad I'm glad they did because it was such a classic run uh, it makes me want to go and reread the whole thing because it was, it was so great yeah. see I, I'm really glad you said that because I um, dug up my Man of Steel's obviously because you know I'm going through a rut of cataloging my entire collection and I read, well, I started off just wanting to read those six issues, but I ended up reading the entire Burn run right up to the death of Zod and then Superman going into exile in space. And I'd forgotten how actually timeless it is. It's aged extremely well. And of all the Superman origins and retellings, um, I'm a huge Guy Morrison fan, but I could not stand the new 52 Superman. I, it just did not gel with me at all. That's aged a lot worse, even though it was only in the last 10 years, than Man of Steel has. So I'm thinking if that's the way they're going, this can actually be, even like you said, it's our era. I think it's any era. I think this, this, the John Byrne Man of Steel, the Superman Four Seasons stories just fit that archetypal force for hope and for good that Superman is without making him cheesy. The fact that he doesn't know he's there until he's like 18 years old and he discovers the secret um, as almost an add-on. He's lived his entire life as a human being. I mean, that classic line from the final issue of Man of Steel, um, Krypton may have made me super, it's the earth that makes me human. That will make for a fantastic foundation for a film. So I'm hoping that is the way they go, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I would. And stepping away from the subject for just a second, that just goes to show um, how great Crisis was because of the relaunches that Absolutely. came after. Thinking back to it, the Superman relaunch was great. The Wonder Woman relaunch was great. Oh, the Batman relaunch yeah. was incredible. Yeah, one. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, we were very lucky to be collecting comics back then. I think that's why we, we still love it so much to this day. And they're the ones that have never gone out of print. They're the ones you can still go to virtually any bookstore or comic book store and reorder and pick up. So mm -hmm. let's hope that's the way forward. So, yeah, we've got Superman. We've got Lois. So the next big uh, casting call for the Superman film is who's going to be Lex Luthor. And there's rumors that the uh, Skarsgård brothers, um, both Alex and um, Bill, are in the running for Lex. Now, interesting choices both. Um, I'd be happy with either. What do you make of it? 
I'd be happy with either either. And I think there was also rumors going around, and this may have been a story we talked about last week or the week before, that um, Bill Sarsgaard might be, or was it Alexander Sarsgaard, might be Swamp Thing. So this, that's very interesting. Um, I, I, if I had to choose, yeah, I, I would take both. But if I had to choose, I think I would go for uh, Alexander being Lex Luthor. Because I think with Bill, you could also make an interesting Joker. You know, just oh yeah, you know, have them both involved, and you know, Bill's worked so much with uh, Muschietti over the years with it that they would have a perfect chemistry as is. So, if I had to choose, I would pick Alex just because I, I think Bill would be cool in the Batman and in, in Brave and the Bold or whatever comes next. So, but yeah, I think that's a, it's an interesting choice. Yeah, I, I would, I would, uh, I would take either. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm for it. See, you—that was a mic drop moment right there, Brad. You—you you, you killed it. You nailed it. Because I was going to happily say either or, but with that whole Joker comment, I've now got it in my face, in my head, in my head, his face as the Joker, and that has blown my mind a little bit. And you're thinking, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the way forward. So yeah, I've got nothing else to say. You—you <laughs> you nailed that one. You—you—you you, you, you <laughs> took knocked that one right out of the park. But it does lead me, well done, sir, straight into the next story. Because, hey, Skarsgård Joker, who's going to be Batman? Now, the latest tweets from James Gunn uh, state that he's still miles and miles and miles away from casting a Batman. But um, we heard that just a few weeks ago. And look, here we are with a brand new Superman and brand new Lois. There must be casting going on. What do you make of this story? Uh, I would say, yeah, be patient. Um let let Matt Reeves do his thing right now with what we've got coming up between you know the, the Batman uh, part two and the Joker movie coming out. Let those let those come out and get seen first, and then we can start talking. Um, I, I I think that there's other things that have to be announced first that I'd be more interested in, like the Swamp Thing casting or Mangold being finally set in stone as the director for Swamp Thing, things like that, that I want to see. Um, because I, you know, as much as I wanted and liked uh, The Flash and I wanted it to be more successful and it turns out that it's being, I don't know what that's going to do as far as uh, Buschetti still staying on as Brave and the Bold. I hope he does. So I, I, I do I do think that I agree with James Gunn when he said we're miles away from a Batman. I think, I, I think that Batman is super important in James Gunn's uh, DC universe, but I think that there's there's other things going on that need to be dealt with first. So I'm willing to wait. I'm, at this point, I'm a little more excited for what Matt Reeves does. So what about you? Exactly the same. There's two great films we know are nearly, well, one's nearly done and one's uh, on its way with uh, the Batman part two and with uh, Joker Folio Adieu. So looking forward to those immediately. And DC, if you're listening, hey, you may be miles and miles away from uh, casting a Batman, but listen to my brother Brad here. Great Joker material. (laughs) Just saying. And speaking of Mr. Matt Reeves, um, great news as far as I'm concerned. Greg Fraser is coming back as cinematographer for part two. That makes me really happy. Um, you've, you've got to be hyped about this one, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would not want anybody else coming back because the cinematography was one of the absolute best things about 
the Batman. So I think that bringing him back is super important. Uh, it would be a really big blow against the movie if he wasn't back. Not that Matt Reeves is not a great director, but that that cinematography had a special kind of magic, I think, that um, really brought that Gotham City to life and, and made it a world that I want to see more of and explore. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely am glad he's back. And uh, I think they should pay him what he wants. <laughs> you know, I think they, it's worth him, like, you know, yeah. getting him on board, you know, for sure. What about you? The guy's eye is, you, you can't knock it. His visuals are stunning. For me, um, that movie looked great, sounded phenomenal. Again, the sound design for that film, I cannot stop harping on about the, the fact that that Batmobile was a living thing. Everything about that film, from from sounds to visuals to performances, I loved. Uh, I'm a Batman fan, but hey, this this film knocked it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. So having uh, Greg back is brilliant. I mean, if you saw his work, did you see the new June movie? uh yeah yeah again he used cinematography in that yeah yeah so this guy is like you said um i'd have been really disappointed had anyone else um been taken on board but the fact that he's coming back means that this universe is going to grow organically the way that the writers directors and cinematographer envisioned for the first film that's that can only be a good thing so i'm really really happy about that now we've also been talking about a certain mr james mangold and a certain swamp thing now i love the fact that mangold wants to make this a true blue standalone horror story and base it on the myths of Frankenstein or, or something like Robocop where a man is a man and he wakes up something else. And how did this happen? Fantastic premise for a movie. Exactly how Weenan writes and originally envisioned the character. What do you make of this story? I, I, I love it because he, first of all, he's an amazing filmmaker that can go into any style the, the variety of movies he's made between the new Indiana Jones, Walk the Line, uh, Logan, you know, those, uh, he, he's so good at, at um, kind of staying out of his own way and letting the film speak for himself, for itself. And I just love that he seems to have a definite vision of what he wants the character to be and what he wants this movie to be. Uh, and I want to see how you could mix up RoboCop and Frankenstein. RoboCop's one of my favorite movies of the 80s. Um, any influence would be welcome. So I really, I really hope he gets his chance to, uh, to make this because I really want to see what he can do. For sure. What about you? I'd buy that for a dollar. Um, (laughs) absolutely (laughs) that movie um changed the game it was it was one of the great dark action um pieces of of the of the era and again it did have that whole uh frankenstein feel to it because it was a normal human guy a cop and a good guy who got turned into something other and the way he rediscovers his humanity over the course of the film and if that's how they're going to handle something, I, I love that. Particularly with if you've read the later Alan Moore something where his origin gets turned on its head, and that's a, something that they'll approach in later films rather than they did have to bring it in really, really quickly in the one and done season of the something TV show, which was fantastic and greatly missed. But if that's the way forward, I mean, like you said, Mangold is a superb director and then a consummate storyteller. You said he bends his style and he changes from film to film. It's hard to even tell that these films are by the same guy. And that is 
what we want for a character as rich and textured as Swamp Thing. So this has me really excited. He's got his brain in the right place, I think, for this kind of film. Mm -hmm. And to make it a standalone horror movie and then see if it can tie in with the DCU at a later date is a wise way forward as far as I'm concerned. So Yeah, yeah. I said the same thing last week that um, it's great. I think that that's the way to go is to have mm. a standalone movie as you, you know, and then put those connections in uh, at a post credit scene or something at the very end, you know, um, I, I, I think that's a very smart way to go. And I think that's going to be a, a Swamp Thing that we've never seen before because Swamp Thing has been out there and, you know, TV series, multiple TV series, multiple movies. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is going to be something definitely different. Apart from the last DC Universe um, outing, though, it's all been awful. The right, DC Universe exactly, series was exactly. great. The, everything yep. that came before we was terrible. So mm -hmm. in Mangold, we trust, I, I think. Yep. Let Mangold hang, handle the man of the mangroves. Yep. Try and say <laughs> that 10 times fast. Um, that, that brings us to the end of our movie news. So Brad, yeah. um, what's yep. happening in the world of TV, my friend? Yeah, so uh, up first on the TV news is we, uh, we see that there's going to be a History of DC uh, three-part miniseries that's going to be streaming on Max uh, in July, narrated by Rosario Dawson. So... This, I'm sure, is something that you're you're psyched about. Oh, Brad, 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 Brad. I know, psyched, I know. Yes, incredibly. But will I ever get to see the damn thing? That That's the issue. Since um, Warner Brothers stopped giving us streams, well, not just us, everybody, they took down their streaming site for news outlets. Um, it's been impossible right. to watch most of the DC content over here in the in the UK. It's been absolutely impossible. I've just seen the last episode of The Flash. So yeah. that's what it's like here. Um, we've only just now, last week, got season four of Titans on Netflix. Wow. wow. So I'm hyped. This looks and sounds incredible. The trailer is fantastic. Rosario Dawson, I could listen to that woman speak all day and all night. She's mm -hmm. a hugely talented actress, and she can do no wrong in my book. And the talents both from the world of comic books and from the world of stage and screen talking about this, man, I'm really hoping that Sky as their partners with Warner brothers do air this at some point. We did get peacemaker almost immediately. We did get season one and two of Harley almost immediately. So, Oh, keep everything crossed for me, yeah. bro. Oh, or let's pray that Warner brothers start giving us yeah, streaming content again. Yeah. Um, so, that's the hope, but yeah, it looks amazing. Looking forward. I, I to just, it. I, I just have to read this list of people that yeah. interviewed for this. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, Melissa Benoist, uh, mm. Greg Berlante, Tim Burton, Mike Carlin, Linda Carter, Henry Cavill, Kelly Cuoco, Gal Gadot, James Gunn, Patty Jenkins, Dwayne Johnson, Michael Keaton, Regina King, Zoe Kravitz, Jim Lee, Zachary Levi, Damon Lindhoff, which I'm really excited about because mm -hmm. I want to see what he has to say about Watchmen. Uh, Tom Mankiewicz, Jason Momoa, Christopher Nolan. I mean, who doesn't want to see what he has to say? Robert Pattinson, Christopher Reeve, John Ridley, Margot Robbie, Bruce Tim, Michael E. Uslan, Mark Wade, and more. That's an incredible, yeah. incredible list. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't, I, you know, I, and I'm also really curious when these interviews were filmed because if, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I would really want to hear from uh Dwayne Johnson after you know what happened after the movie was released you know and 
so you know i i yeah i'm i'm so excited for this i'm definitely definitely going to check this out i'm hoping i mean with christopher Reeve, it's obviously got to be at the time of making the superman yeah. movies or or just after they've made the last one um and with keaton it could be anything it can be from batman 89 right up to present day so the list of names has me so excited but i'm just oh praying um that we get to see and if not that they release a dvd box set of something with a documentary on them, and then yeah. that way it, it's definitely going to join my collection yeah yeah definitely and uh up next uh looks like uh superman and lois season three and gotham night season one has a release date uh on streaming which is probably unfortunately another thing that you're not going to get to partake in but um mm -hmm. Uh, it seems like we don't have that long to wait. Uh, what do you think of this? Well, with Superman and Lois, I'm very grateful that for some baffling reason that I'm, but I'm very happy about it. The BBC picked up Superman and Lois, so we're mm -hmm. going to be getting season three here imminently as well. So that's something I can watch. As with Gotham Knights, and it's been cancelled anyway. So I don't honestly. I mean, it's it's horrible to say, but the fact that it's not getting a season two means I probably won't watch it anyway. Because oh, right. especially, yeah, especially if it ends in a cliffhanger. I mean, there's nothing that I hate worse than a one-season show that deserved more. It's Firefly all over again, and that did get a film a few years later, but what's the point? Um, but Superman and Lois, we know it's going to get a short final season. You guys were talking about it over the last couple of weeks. I listen, even though I'm not on the show, and I love it. Um, that makes me happy, and that way it'll end properly the way Arrow did, the way Flash did, with a cohesive beginning, middle, and end. So I, I just look forward to that, I think. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a few episodes behind on both, so it's going to be nice to have uh, have it all in one spot where I can get caught up. Um, I, yeah, I'd like to. I, I would be interested in your thoughts about Gotham Knights. I, I, you know, I think it was better than people were expecting it to be, better than I was expecting it to be. So I'm, I'm looking I knew it would to be caught up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, I've always really liked uh, Superman and Lois as well. I, I think it's been um, that the family dynamic is a very yeah. interesting twist, and and. Uh, uh, I want to see what Lex Luthor does, and I'm I'm really glad that they got a uh, final Michael season. Goodness, to kind of wrap. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's Phenomenal. great. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm glad because I think I might wait just to when it's on streaming, then I can catch up on both real quick uh, when it comes. So that date is June um, July 28th, I believe. By the way, so yeah, it's not too long to wait. Yeah, we're going to move on now to comic book news. Uh, Night Terrors did get a trailer. Uh, would uh, what do you think? Are you going to be uh, reading uh, reading the whole thing? Already started. Um, I've got three weeks worth from DC now, so um, I am in. And this uh, out of this week's stories is the one I most wanted to talk to you about. Have you started reading any? Have you read any of the Night Terrors? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I'm not going to drop any spoilers. I'm just going to mention a couple of characters that appear now, just by these characters appearing and conversations you and I have had over the last few months since night terrors was announced and how anything about dreams and nightmares, how can it not at some point involve dream? That's what I was, that's what and I was the end say, this, right? Say, yeah. 
already in the first couple of issues of this storyline, we've got Dr. Destiny, John D. We've got the Nightmare Stone and we've got Wesley Dodds. There's no, it has to. So far, that's it um, without giving plot points away. But I cannot see how with those two characters already, we will not get some link to Dream and the Endless unless they are totally keeping them out of the main DCU, which to me would be a crying shame after particularly Metal and bringing Daniel as Dream straight into the story and directly having a conversation with Batman. So it would be a hugely wasted opportunity. But I mean, what do you make of that? That's exactly what I was going to say, is that I hope that they can weave in the dreamless. And I said, I was going to say the same exact thing, that it would be a real shame if they didn't. Um, this new villain that they're talking about, I would it'd be really cool if he had some kind of tie to Dream and the Endless um, in some way. And maybe he's an escape nightmare like the Corinthian. I don't, I don't know, but I, I hope that they can somehow link that uh, and I, I and I do love it when those characters do enter into the DC universe. When Death came into Superman, oh, that, that was, was so that was good. such a good such a good issue. So uh, good. And they can, you know, they can do wonders with those characters. And I think every writer who gets to play in that sandbox knows what they're dealing with and know that they can't be cavalier with them that they have they that this, there's a certain respect that goes into using those characters so i i generally have good faith that that the writers will do a lot with those characters so yeah the same thing is like how can you have a dc story dealing with nightmares and not have dream i mean the same man in a lot of ways has never been more popular the you know the tv show was a huge hit so why not why not bring them in um, fans would go crazy so yeah, um, looking at the wait. levels of power that this villain has as well, mm-hmm. um, to me, just begs one question: Surely Orpheus wasn't Dream's only child, oh, and yeah. that's yeah. the only thing that that I can think of because this guy's ability to manipulate the dreams and nightmares of everyone around them is spectacular. Um, so yeah. Check it out. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, it's a two-month event. It's taking over the entire DC reign of stories, just the way Future State did a few years back. So yeah. fingers crossed that we'll time this out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think we'll be pleasantly surprised, though, I have a feeling. And the last comic book story we have is that Brave and the Bold issue 2 is going to have a retelling of uh, Batman and Joker's first fight from way back in Batman number one. Wanted to talk to you about this because um, you're such a Batman fan and you know you're such a encyclopedia when it comes to Batman. What, uh, what what's your take on this? Well, I've been fortunate enough to read Brave and the Bold number two. Uh, I read it on Friday, and who um, Tom King and Mitch Gerrads are writing a Joker story for the ages. I haven't been this enthralled two chapters in since killing joke or three jokers it's that good gerard's visuals this guy is just getting better and better and better and i've loved this art from day one but what he's doing with this story is phenomenal and the way they are 
to tie this back to Batman number one from 1940 and to tell in more or less the same story exactly, but with Tom King's ear for dialogue with Mitch Gerard's art, no longer the pulp 40s noir style story we got, which was horrific and terrifying and still one of the greatest Joker stories ever told. But retelling that with modern day sensibilities and modern day visuals is really working. Um, Killing Time and Batman Catwoman were a bit hit and miss for me. They had some great moments. They had some not so great moments. But two chapters in, this first Batman Joker story is everything I wanted it to be. And that's about the highest praise I can give um, because it's retelling a classic without dumping all over it or whitewashing it. It's just tweaking it slightly to the darker side of the DC universe. And that's the kind of story Batman and Joker need right now. So uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. the whole darker thing. Now, this, the story that I remember being the first Joker, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it that he wanted to poison the water supply and and kill? That was the first them? mention. That story's never been told. Oh, okay. That okay. was mentioned at the end of Batman Year One, and some guy called Joker is threatening to poison the Gotham Reservoir. The first meeting between that man and the Joker is when Joker threatened to kill several people at this precise time, at this precise hour, and they died exactly when he said he did. And it's retelling that story, yeah. Because I always figured, and I think it was maybe, I don't know where I got that confused, but I remember um, the the best Batman stories and the best Joker stories ever told. Those compilations came out, and I remember reading the Joker one, and it was one of those really, really early issues. And I think it was his first appearance, and I was thinking, wow, this is really dark for comics back that far. And then then to come on and say that this is going to be even darker, telling of this story and that makes me really curious like how dark does does it's because you see what joker does while his plans and machinations and gas bombs and darts have already been set to kill the people he's told he's going to kill what he's doing in between and how he's preparing for batman and those are the sides of the story we've never seen before and it's really cool so that wraps up our comic book story, but we do have a few other. Uh, we, and you may not actually know more about this than I do, um, that the Justice League Dark has launched a Kickstarter for the Cryptozoic deck-building DC game. I love these characters, so I'm glad to see them come into this, but I'm not too familiar with these card or not tabletop, but you know, these type of games, mm. video games I know about, but this stuff I don't. Do you, do you, do you have any insight? Do you know these deck building Thankfully, games? Yes, I do. Because, uh, my offspring, my cub, Adam, my coast yeah. host, my co-host on the, the, I am the night, uh, podcast is obsessed with them and they've got beta testing rights with DC. So they're playing the game ad, ad infinitum they're just not letting go obviously they had a few tweaks they had a few bugs they put the beta testing on hold for a bit but it is proceeding and they've still got the the test uh, version that they had but it's literally like how can i put it it's it's like top trumps meets magic the gathering meets Yu-Gi-Oh meets pokemon with dc graphics and 80 years of plus of dc lore thrown in so it's a hell of a cool game really really cool textured deep i for me it's extremely complicated but for people who are into that 
level of gameplay who want something that they can build on and grow and make whole decks and universes with this game is a game changer pardon the pun it's truly when they fix the bugs and launch the final version this is going to make marvel snap look like snap mm-hmm. it's unreal it's so much deeper it's not just a quick fun hey this is great game this is more of a use your brain use your skills strategy kind of a uh, kind of play and uh it's it's really cool mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like it um i yeah it's just kind of confusing to me because i wasn't sure because it, it's it mentioned some of the cards being almost like a setting so i don't know if some of the cards are the story and how so i just wasn't sure how it works but you and i both love the justice league dark characters so much so i i think uh, anything that's going to bring them in is, is oh yeah good. it's got my so name all over that it was like, oh that you know if i played it those are the characters that i would i would want to bring in so that's so i thought that was that was really cool so yeah yeah you'll have to let me know how adam likes it if he starts playing with these characters because i'm sure that i'm sure that the uh the kickstarter will work i think that uh, this game seems popular enough and uh the characters are popular enough that I think it's going to get it's going to get some support. And I'm going to move now to the world of scripted podcasts, which DC has been really good at with uh, so the good Batman, at um, the Batman podcast. But we're getting a flash one called Midnight Escape the Midnight Circus. Uh, that's 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 coming out. Uh, what uh, what do you think of this? You gonna you gonna listen to this? This is you and I, again, uh, yeah. in a nutshell, stuff that you and I would love because we both have commutes. We both need stuff to keep us sane and to stop us listening from people's crazy phone conversations and the kind of music that some people listen to in public. Just I can't even get my head around. So, yeah, plug in my pods, turn on my podcast. Boom. Like you said, DC have been killing it. The comedy ones, the audio adventures, the mm-hmm. deep, dark ones, Batman Unburied, Harley Quinn of Sane Mind. Give me more. Now we've got a pure adrenaline-fueled, action-packed, flash-scripted podcast. I can only imagine the sound effects and the whizzes, the booms, the lightning strikes, the explosions that we're going to get in surround sound in our heads. Sign me up. I'm there. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Is how are they going to how uh, how are they going to utilize the speed force in an audio podcast? I can't wait to hear how that does. I uh, Matt Greenfield's going to be uh, Flash. Uh, he's if you ever watched New Girl, you know how good he is. So that's cool. I do want to read the synopsis of what the story is. Uh, Barry Allen, at the height of his powers and fame, family ensconced is Central City's favorite superhero. Firmly ensconced. Central City's favorite superhero. Uh, but when being the Flash forces him to let uh, Iris down one time too many, she decides to call it quits. Undeadered, Barry figures he can use the speed force to go back in time and set things right. But something goes wrong. Uh, Barry tumbles surprise, into surprise. a new dimension. Yeah, right. <laughs> Barry stumbles into a new dimension, finding himself in a small bedroom with Captain Cold. His power is gone. Cold tells Barry that he's an unwitting participant in a televised tournament called the Midnight Circus which pits human superheroes and rogues against one another in life or death games of chance, survive the competition and Barry earns his freedom, uh, recreate the conditions of his original transformation and return to his own timeline. But to do so, he'll have to rely solely on his wits. And that wasn't hard enough. He soon finds himself facing his toughest opponent yet, Iris West. How is that 
for a storyline. Does like that not sound really cool? Yeah. I'm definitely intrigued. Maybe Squid even more Games so than the Flash. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I uh, more so than I think any of the other DC scripted podcasts. This has piqued my curiosity. Not that the others didn't, but this one. I think that's a very, uh, very cool uh, story. I think that that's one thing that I'll definitely, definitely be checking out. So yeah, and. Uh, you know, one last story here. Uh, of course, uh, DC is going to return to San Diego Comic Con this year, which I can't wait for because I'm actually You're going gonna to be Diego there. I'm so, so jealous. <laughs> my first time. I can't wait. So I'm excited that DC is going to have a have a presence there. Uh, what about you? Not a presence. Such a presence. Yeah. If you read yeah. my report on this news, I, I wrote an article about this when I got the press release from DC with this level of talent and these panels and these giveaways, it's not SDCC. It's just DC 2023 as far as I'm concerned. So dude, you're there, pick up some bargains, talk to the best of the best, get some interviews lined up for the podcast. If you can dude, uh, I'm giving you a virtual hug from here right now. And another one that day you walk in through those doors into that hall. Cause I think they were just waiting for you to come yeah. back and um, do us proud, brother. Who else from the team is going to be there? I don't know. I don't know at this point. Um, uh, my uh, application, uh, from what I understood, it was kind of like each outlet gets one person. So I don't know mm. how that I, – I don't know how that works out. So I'm hoping that somebody else from the team is going. But um, – next you know next weeks we'll figure that out um but yeah i i am i'm so glad it's been on my bucket list for years so i'm so glad and i'm so glad that dc is going to be there this new booth that they described is going to be yeah. great those, those limited editions uh are are crazy i can pull it up real quick just to just to read that for the audience here um the fact that tom taylor and tom king are both going to yeah. be there at the same time to prove they're two different people yeah, <laughs> yeah that whole Twitter thing. Yeah, that's going to be <laughs> worth it in and of itself. Uh, yeah, so we got why supplies last. DC will be selling limited printings of Superman Big Blue Edition, silver screen editions of Batman uh, Six Fifty Five, Blue Authority Number One, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow Number One, a simile blank sketch cover variant of Batman Six Fifty Five by SDCP. Oh. Exclusive hardcovers for Nightwing Volume 1, uh, Poison Ivy Volume 1, uh, and Batman by Grant Morrison Omnibus Volume 1. Uh, uh, and limited quantity chase product like the Sandman and Helm Masterpiece Edition. So there's going to be a lot, a lot there. So I am so excited. And, you know, it's good to hear this because it just came out that a lot of some of the big studios aren't going to be there. Uh, the writer's strike is kind of affecting certain things. Um, I think they say Universal is not going to be there. Uh, Netflix isn't going to be there. There's a few others that aren't going to be there. So it's, it's great that DC is going to have that presence, especially since fandom is kind of um, fallen by the wayside. The past Very sadly, couple of years, yeah. Which is, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to go to as many DC panels as I absolutely can. But uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. 
have a great time if anyone deserves it it's you because you've missed out on your local comic-con for a couple of years with covid so yes get back in there to the daddy to sdcc number one yeah Yeah. awesome yeah thank you yeah well well steve that wraps up another episode of uh dc comics news uh podcast so uh, uh we always like to end the episode we're telling people where they can find us so where can people find you Myself, just tap Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes into search engine of choice to read my news, reviews, speeches and interviews on DC Comics News, on Dark Knight News and at Fantastic Universes, my baby. You'll hear me most weeks on this great show. Soon you'll hear me again on Mad, uh, Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast with any luck. And every week with my cub, Adam, as we break down every episode of Batman, the animated series on I Am The Night. This show, the DC Comics News Podcast, is available on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. That's where you'll hear our voices. Like us, rate us, review us, subscribe, and we will keep on delivering. And talk to me on Twitter at Elstevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. But Brad, where can the world know what superheroes should be wearing? Where can they read your reviews, your news? Where can they see you and hear you, my friend? Uh, here on this wonderful podcast and hopefully on the reignited uh, Harley Quinn uh, Medla podcast. We're getting a season four soon, so we gotta got to ramp that up. Uh, uh, I'm also doing writing here and there for Josh's uh, website, Mark for a movie blog. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, FlickyB1. And with that, we'll wrap up another week uh, by saying something that we always love to say. And that is, of course, to read, read more comics. <laughs> They're so good for you. Read them, they please. Are. Yeah.